Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss welcome to zone time julian avery's here sam is here omar is back after a one week hiatus we have a lot to get to on today's episode we're going to talk about jack campbell and his struggles in edmonton uh we're going to talk about the ottawa senators and their struggles just generally but this is our first uh, crack at talking about Mitchell Miller and the controversial signing that took place on Friday. The Bruins signed him to uh, an entry-level contract up until Sunday night where the Bruins uh, eventually terminated his contract and everything in between. If you are listening to this podcast, podcast, there's a good chance you've probably caught up on most, if not all, of the details that have gone on with this. So let's just start with the obvious question here what was your first reaction i'll start with you omar since you haven't spoken in a while on the show what was your first reaction when you saw that uh, mitchell miller was signed to an entry-level deal by the boston bruins i mean the the first reaction is what i tweeted in our in our group chat is like we can't get a moment's peace being fans nope. of this freaking league it, nope. it, it always is is something and it, it's just like i was i will never be shocked at the NHL doing something or something happening in the NHL that that is harming, alarming, shocking, that unfortunately doesn't go along the lines of inclusion. We've seen many, many examples of this. Uh, we've talked about this on Zone Time so many times, and it's unfortunate. But all of the all of the, the disappointment and the shock and the anger that I had when the first, that it initially came out, like when Arizona drafted him and all that mm-hmm. stuff came out and they rescinded the pick, like everything came back. And the first question that came to mind was what changed? What, what changed? Have, have we seen anything? Ha, has there been work? Has there been a comment? Has there been anything? And then all of the, Oh, cancel culture um, strikes again. That that comment came came to mind because it's what we've been saying. It's what we've been saying time and time again. Cancel culture does not exist. Because tell me how someone like Mitchell Miller can do what he did and can we stop with the whole oh he did it when he was 14? Stop it. Because that that has been completely cleared up. We know all the information. And if you don't know the information, one, you're not paying attention, or two, you're choosing not to pay attention just so it can feed your narrative. So stop it. It wasn't just when he was 14, it was ongoing many years. What's the source? Um, the mother. 
The mother literally talked about all the things that all the things that took place beyond. And it's been written about by outlet, different outlets too. Written about, covered, so so that that's gone. So I'm I'm sitting here waiting to see like what what work has been done, and all I'm seeing is he still hasn't contacted the family directly. He sent a, a DM on Instagram. Yeah, that that's great. That's awesome. That so that that just absolves everything. That absolves everything. And again, it just confirms what you already know. If you're good at hockey, if you're good at something, you can be. It does not matter. It does not matter. And and it, it's so sad because I, I thought we learned. I, I thought we learned that 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 what you do off the ice, that the things, the person you are off the ice matters. I thought we learned, but hey, I guess we didn't. I guess we didn't. And especially Boston was, man, it, it's so hard to hate. It was, it's so hard to hate Boston as a Leafs fan. It's so hard to hate, Bo- to, sorry, it's so hard to not hate Boston. But right. what they've I been doing this year has been, has been amazing. And they just destroyed that. In, they in were 10 and 1. In a decision that did not need to be made. Did not need to be made. And before people start saying like, oh, Oh well, you know what? They made the they made the right right decision, decision anyway. No, they made the decision because they didn't think people would care. And then people cared. The fans cared. Other fans cared. The players spoke up. The and players. So that's the only reason. That's the only reason this whole thing got got overturned. That's the only Omar, reason. Not to cut you off here, yeah. just in case you have more stuff to say, mm-hmm. let's table thoughts on the players' reaction because yeah. I definitely want that to be a discussion topic. But uh, mm-hmm. Sam or Avery, do you want to jump on this? I was going to, I wanted to mention um, the fact that again, hockey, these teams show once again, they don't care. Like Omar's point, you can, you can score in the USHL. Great. Whatever. As a person, have you improved? No, you don't deserve it. Hockey is not your right. People are saying, oh, shouldn't he work again? He deserves the right to work. Go work at Aflac. Geico's hiring. Pro hockey is not your right. It isn't until you do the work. And he hasn't. And again, the whole, he apologized over Instagram. You, oh, if you want to go bully him in person, but you aren't man enough to go face to face and apologize for your transgression. I'm sorry. I don't care about your hockey career. You can go flip burgers for all I care. Yeah, I think Avery raised a really good point. And so did Omar. The the notion of, like the number of people jumping into this to be like, he made a mistake when he was 14. Okay. Like I am not jumping into the mistake thing again, giving bullying somebody and racially taunting them over the course of years. And then giving them a push pop that you dragged around a urinal. That is not a mistake. That is something you did intentionally with forethought. It's horrifying. That's actually like, it's super twisted. So stop characterizing that as a mistake. Okay. A mistake is like giving Jay Beagle a three-year contract for $12 million. This is not a mistake. This is an even intentional... during serious times. Jim Bedding still just, gets one. You can't. You can't smoke. use the word mistake to cover all of these things. It's like a mistake is too many men on the ice. You didn't count. You you changed shifts late. Like this is not a mistake. This was a deliberate and malicious decision. And I don't care if he was fourteen. Like if you're fourteen, like the thought process to put something in a urinal and give it to someone, you know, when you're fourteen, that that's like a screwed up thing to do. That's why he did it. That was the entire point. Like, it's not a mistake. And so for people to say, well, he deserves a second chance. Like, why does he deserve a second chance at being a professional hockey player, which comes with not only a lot of money, but often with a platform for 
a whole bunch of things. Like he has done nothing to earn that platform. People are like, well, he went to the USHL. He took responsibility. His coach with the Tri-City Storm had really good things to say about him. Oh, the the Tri-City Storm, you mean the organization that name searched itself when they signed him so they could block every single person who criticized the decision without even tagging them. Yeah, I'm sure they taught him a lot of responsibility. There has been no point in this process where he has ever taken responsibility for the things he has done unless it has directly benefited his own career. Yep. But NHL teams will tell you all about how they like character, right? I mean, think about it. Could you imagine if the Boston Bruins went through with that signing of Mitchell Miller and Mitchell Miller somehow was allowed to play on an NHL team. And then maybe Jim Montgomery, if he was still a head coach, would be like, man, we have a good old room with character guys in there. And you signed a guy who couldn't even bother to apologize to the victim in person and tried to get away with some BS with a, with a stupid Instagram DM to try to absolve himself from everything. And, 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 and look, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. It's frustrating. And look, there's going to be a lot more we're going to get into with this. I know there's other stuff we're going to get to in the I have, show. Sorry, I have one more thing I wanted to please, say. Please go that. in. Mm-hmm. Go in, go in, please. Sorry. The statement, the statement he gave and that the Bruins gave when they first made the signing still had all the hallmarks of like them not grasping how serious it was because it was like, they used the phrases isolated incident when I was 14. I think he referred to the fact that he was 14 four Mm -hmm. times in the statement. Yep. It is very transparent what the point of making those comments are. And so to me, it doesn't seem at all like they understood (laughs) what everyone's critiques were. Yeah, and to my knowledge, at this point, I don't think the Boston Bruins have reached out to the family directly. As 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 unless something changes, and maybe it's possible by the time the episode comes out, something happens. But at least from the beginning of the process to the end of it, when they terminated uh, Mitchell Miller's contract, they did not reach out to the victim nor the victim's family. That and then is out there. And then they had the goal to write. The decision to sign this young man was made after careful consideration of the facts as we were aware of them. Sure. And based on new information. Based on new information. And you know what sucks too is like Don Sweeney is out here talking about, you know, I'm not sure if it's the right move. I'm doubting. Basically saying, you know, I'm not sure if I should do this. Then why are you doing it? Why did you do this? Why did you do it? And literally everyone has had that same, from that same uh, reaction, the same quote that he said, where he said that, literally everyone's reaction has been, then why did you sign him? They were clearly trying to hedge, right? Like they knew there was risk with making the signing and they knew there would be backlash, but I think they fully did not understand how great the backlash would be. And they thought that by saying like, oh, we were really conflicted and like, it was a hard decision. They thought people would be like, oh, okay, you thought about it. Mm. yeah and also to that point sam um i don't know if it has been confirmed or if it will be will be confirmed afterwards i do remember uh people saying that other teams were in on mitchell miller i would love to see that list so i would love to see that list often off another podcast that i was on someone in the know chris johnston will just put his name out there was saying that i don't know i don't i don't know i'm still not convinced personally even before that that a whole bunch of other teams were in on him. I hope not. And, and, it, and if it seems as if what CJ was telling me on our show, that it didn't seem as if a whole bunch of teams were just kind of in on it either. It seemed as if that, you know, Mitchell Miller was out there and his representation, which we will get to, was trying to, you know, let teams know that Mitchell Miller was out there. And maybe some teams were just like, okay, thanks. Like three seconds and that's it. 
that's the gist of what I'm getting here. I, I don't know if we'll ever know how many other teams might have been involved if there were others, but clearly Boston felt that they could take a chance on this kid and it blew up spectacularly in their face as, as it should have. It, it doesn't make sense, Honestly. but, but I will say this, um, the reactions from Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand and Nick Foligno, just generally, you can give praise to the to as much of the members of the of the Bruins as you want. That I thought was very surprising to me because yeah. I'm I'm conditioned to seeing guys come in and 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 players would be like, oh, we'll give him a chance, we'll find a way to make him fit in our locker room. Those guys dug in and said, like, this guy isn't a fit in our locker room. He's gonna have to earn being in that locker room. That is the sign of a really good room. I I was I already underestimated the Boston Bruins for how good they're gonna be this year. I had no idea what the culture was like until until they had to respond to that situation. And I'll, I'll give them I'll give them props for this. The way they handled that, it might be damn near unprecedented for for what we're used to seeing from NHL players on that type of stuff. Absolutely. Like when it comes to like we've seen it time and time again. The minute you sign that contract and you're called up and you're in that locker room, it's just like okay, well you're one of us. You know, freaking what what happens in the room stays in the room. All that type of stuff. Like. And also, like, you know, whether however you want to say it, like, it's also players like directly criticizing a move that management is has been made on, on the moral stance, stance of it, you know, and again, like to Julian's point, like, you know, when when this when they're going to start bringing bringing up players out and talking about it, I was like, oh, God, here we go. We're going to get all these freaking cliches and then people are going to say, see, it's no big deal. But I was genuinely surprised, like Nick Foligno, what Nick Foligno said, I was genuinely surprised. It's genuinely surprised that. And I don't know. I don't know if that if that gives gives hope or or whatever. But yeah, it's it is one of one of few times I think that players were very honest for the right reason. And and again, I know I'm not gonna like you know praise them for it because I think that's something that everyone should be doing regardless. But considering the fact that you know hockey is what it is, like yeah, it, it was. I think it was huge, and I think it definitely factored into how Boston reacted in the sense of reversing the contract, the fact that not only the star, our fans upset and like media talking about it, but like the play, the, the key players like Patrice Bergeron, your captain is saying, nah, none, none of that. So yeah, you have to give it up to them uh, when it comes to that. You know, we mentioned how hockey culture has to change and has to adapt. You know, that's a step right there. Absolutely. Players like that players with power and influence going on camera and being quite blunt and saying, listen, you are not welcome. You are not welcome in our locker room. You are not going to um, affect our chemistry, affect our locker room, our, 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 our key points in wanting to be diverse and inclusive. You do not aid that. And like you said, we need more and we need more players like Patrice Bergeron and like other players in that Bruins locker room and Nick Foligno to be vocal about that. Your, your voice has impact. You, are, you play in the highest hockey league in the world. The things you say have impact so if you're saying he's not welcome it it ripples down to other teams other leagues and i don't care what team it was i would what i would want the exact same thing to come from other players but what boston did showed me that hey that's we move hockey culture forward when guys like this are blunt and open and say this cannot continue you are not welcome in our dressing room i sorry i'm trying to figure out how to say this i think that it made a difference that they said that publicly. I will say, I think that 
I'm not, I'm not as convinced that those comments were that direct or that blunt. I think they seem direct okay. and blunt and like a pushback against the organization right. relative to every other hockey player who has ever commented on these kinds of things. And so in that sense, yes, they, they set a precedent and it is an improvement, but also the bar is on the ground. That's like, fair. The bar True. is under the ground. hundred yeah, percent. Um, than hell. So like, yeah, it's great. It's great. But even then, like, I think, I think Bergeron said as much as he felt he could say, but it wasn't like we told them no. It That's was like, true. I was that on the true. fence, right? Like yeah. it wasn't like this, this was a bad decision. And to me, the thing that stood out was Cam Neely said that Felino's and Bergeron's comments on Saturday influenced their decision to cut him on Sunday. So what were their comments before, before Saturday? Mm-hmm. Like, did Great they point. just, did the Bruins just never ask them? Did they just discuss as a locker room, but not tell management, this is a bad idea. Like what, what was the totality of the circumstances there? Like, did he wait until he was sitting down with Elliot to say, Oh, actually I was on the fence. Like, I don't, I don't actually know what happened there. I think it's good that they gave some pushback, but also, I mean, the thing that I keep coming back to with the Bergeron interview is the timing of it was, it was, it came on Sportsnet right after they announced the signing. When did they film that? There was clearly like, it was clearly pre-planned. The Bruins clearly thought this out and were like, Hey, we're going to need him to address this. Like, what is happening here? What, what was the thought process behind every step of like, we're going to announce this and say it was really hard. Then we're going to put Patrice Bergeron in a boardroom with Elliot Friedman and have this like interview that was framed as like, we were on the fence, but like, yeah, he's, he's going to have to earn his way here. Like it was all priming the pump for people to be okay with him playing. Yeah. And unfortunately, I guess to that point, it really does, I guess, bring up the idea that yeah, you know, players were in, players were impactful, definitely, but they didn't think it'd be that bad. They thought I guess that's would, possible. They, they thought people would forget about it. They I didn't guess. think people would care. And that's, that's true. And, and they probably then they probably didn't think that media outlets would contact Isaiah mm-hmm. Isaiah's mother, and then have her do follow up, do do um not not like sports media, but like you know she was like I think she had no she, I I, I get like that, but like even then, like stuff. like I don't know, man. Like I, I like it's it's her her IG is out there. Like her Twitter, I think she has a Twitter page too. Uh, the victim's yeah. mom, yeah, like it's it's there. You know, I, I, I don't I don't know how a team, a a professional hockey team that has all the resources, it's valued at however much money in the world, was not able to do any type of googling or any type of search or any type of consultation you, with that side. If you help the team win games, either now or in the future that's all that matters and we'll deal with the minutia later later unfortunately for them the minutia was a freaking black hole tidal wave that they couldn't deal with so like okay we'll freak this person this if, if mitchell miller is like a five-year nhl veteran with like 50 50 like five 50 point seasons is he being cut no we might no. call him tony d'angelo the other thing that's like mind-blowing is like in the <laughs> Holy, oh my God. That was the closest, like, oh my God. Oh, wow. That's for people who get offended so, by that. Look so, up Tony D'Angelo's backstory. So how but, it's the, but it's, but it's, it's the so truth. Funny how true. But it's that's very thousand, true. No, but that's it's why I'm very true. It's a thousand percent yeah. true. That's it's a thousand, thousand percent, percent true. true. 
Oh my wow. That's so sad. Yeah, that's a thousand that, that's that most, the truth. That's so accurate. But that's, that's so but that's something else that makes this notable too. Like and 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 like this this is a kid who who is trying to get into the league and did so much BS as a kid that even Gary Bettman, we didn't even acknowledge the fact that Gary Bettman tried to shut this whole thing down that's from jump about that's having him. That really surprised me too. You know, the fact that he was like, I, he's going to take a lot for him to get into the league. But I think it's also fair to wonder, you know, I, if this kind of came out while he was how many years deep into the league, how would people react to that? Right. Mm. Yeah. That it's really fair. interesting to think about how, um, how many hoops and how much PR and how much time was put into trying to get him into the league mm-hmm. when so many players of color have just had like mysterious unspecified character issues mm-hmm. when they mm-hmm. just get kind of like shunted out of the league. Mm-hmm. Not getting in the room, not enough, at, not enough work ethic and attitude problem. We're trying to build a system here where we hold people accountable. And if you're not part of the program, you're not going to be part of it. And then afterwards, you learn the truth. And it's like, oh, wow, no, all these things were, take, were technically happening. And then years after that, when that's being uncovered, someone's going to write a piece of freaking garbage article about you and then use other people's success. as justification that's not that bad. Steve. Yeah, I said Ooh. it. And that oh, person's okay, still, right. and he's still employed. Still employed. But hey, you know, that's. For a different day. There's one other thing about this Bruins thing uh, that I really want to get to. And I know I've had to talk about it in other shows. This is the one podcast mm-hmm. I want to talk about it because we're in the unique position where we're as diverse as we are. And it's something that we definitely think about. So the fact that we, we, we know what we know about Mitchell Miller and diversity and inclusion, that's something Patrice Bergeron's brought up. And, and people think about that in terms of why would a face like that be in the league? And how does that, you know, affect that line of thinking and then you discover eustace king is his agent like eustace king for people who don't know is the only black player agent in the league and he represents unless something has changed since we've recorded um he represents mitchell miller like that was that i think of all of the different twists and all of this that was the biggest one that made my jaw drop like the fact that eustace king who else he represents? Oh, yeah, Wayne Simmons. Um, both the um, Smith brothers, uh, Giovanni and um, Jamel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a handful of, of of other clients that he has, and and he's he is a prominent sports agent. And the fact that he's the only black one in the league and he represents Mitchell Miller, like, look, I don't know how other people felt about it, I felt very bothered by it. I haven't had to deal with him that much. I don't know if I'll ever have to deal with him again in in my in as a as a beat reporter and talking to people's clients and stuff like that and agents or whatever. I don't know when that's gonna happen, but I know I'm bothered by that. That made that gave me pause. I I don't feel great. Like that felt that made me feel very weird. Yeah, because I think this whole story is horrifying. Yeah. I'm, but I'm not going to sugarcoat the fact that being black, it hits a different level. Again, especially when you listen to and know the, every single thing that was detailed from Isaiah's mom about what Isaiah had to go through. Multiple uses of N-word, N-word this, and N-word that being all, and all, and all this stuff. So you, you know the information, and then you see this 
message from from Eustace from his agent and I'm going th- and I'm going through through the message and I, I stopped at the end of the first paragraph um, because I had to like stop myself and like like I was like am I being like tricked or punked or like am I just like in a dream because the final the last sentence of the first paragraph says um at least a portion of it says, I understand the gravity of the situation and respect the fierce emotions and reaction to the initial reporting and commentary around Mr. Miller's past behavior. So if you understand it, then what are we doing here? If you understand it, then what are, what are we doing here? And I, I guess at the end, you know, he said, you know, it's important to counsel and counsel and not, and not, and not cancel. This isn't canceling, man. This isn't canceling. And when you yourself, as a black person, you said in your in your in your um, comment that you've been around hockey for years, so you should know how difficult and how toxic and how damaging mentally and emotionally, spiritually it can be to be a black person in hockey. That for a lot of black individuals playing hockey, the N word is a go to chirp. It's a chirp all the time. So I, I get it. You're doing your job, whatever. I'm assuming that that's, that's the, the main reason for it. But every time something happens um, that, that, you know, cause like it goes around race and, and abuse that has to do with race, there's always a, but yeah, I, yeah, this happened, but, and then the, but after, and then the afterwards, is the justification or the, or the things that's like, oh, it's not that bad or whatever, or things will change. And him having that portion in that statement and having everything else afterwards, my client did all of these racist things. My client abused this kid for no reason of his own, just because, just because he's black or because he's there, whatever. And then, but he's doing this, 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 and that, and that, that makes it okay. And again, I'm not trying to cancel Mitchell Miller. I don't know Mitchell Miller personally. I don't wish Mitchell Miller harm or, or harm or whatever, but being a black person in hockey, you need to know the privilege that comes with that. And that for a lot of black people, they don't get that opportunity. They, they don't get that. Where's the second chance? The Hockey Diversity Alliance is around for that same reason. So it was extremely upsetting to, to, see, to see that statement and see that Eustace looked like me. Because, because I, I, I didn't understand why the conversation was, was still happening. And yes, Mitchell should definitely learn on his own and you know, be a better, bigger person and learn from this. But he doesn't have to do that in the, in the NHL. That is not a right. And that isn't anyone's right. I don't, I have, I have nothing to add from, from the perspective of being black. I think Omar, I think you guys are all obviously better positioned to address the, the problems with that than I am. What stood out to me, I know Omar said, you know, he gets it. He's doing his job. What I took issue with in the, in the statement beyond what Omar has talked about is he, in the second paragraph of the statement, he says they wouldn't have agreed to represent him without quote months of research, deliberation, introspection within our organization and conversations with outside advisors. And then in the next two paragraphs, 
he goes on to list the things that he says they learned he had been doing. And he says he was volunteering with organizations such as, and he lists four of them. Then he says, further this summer, Mitchell and I met with and committed to working with the following Bill Proudman, White Men as Full Diversity Partners, the Carnegie Initiative, and Hockey Equality. He puts this statement out, okay? If you're doing your job in 2022, you cannot put out a statement like that where within 30 seconds of Googling, people can call bullshit on what you're saying because he tweeted that out and immediately people pulled the court records and were like, all of the volunteer work you're referring to was not volunteer work. It was the court mandated community service he had to do. So that's already a huge red flag. Like what, what due diligence did you do before you put out this statement? If you were characterizing that as volunteer work, because either, either you just accepted what he said and you never checked if he was doing volunteer work or you deliberately characterize his community service as volunteer work. I'm not sure which of those things is worse. Then with the latter ones, you had one of the organization's directors come out and say, yeah, he actually hasn't accepted multiple invitations to come, but we were somehow name dropped. Deeply mm -hmm. embarrassing. And then the Carnegie Initiative had to come out and clarify that they were approached, but they had at no point actually worked with him. Lovely. I just, I don't know how you put that statement out as an agent and think that people aren't going to go double check what you're saying. It just, it makes no sense to me. And like, why would you name drop organizations like the Carnegie Initiative who are then going to have to be dragged in and address this? It's embarrassing. Like, what was he thinking? Like, what was the point of this? He just, he actually just made it worse. I've tried to compose myself and try to bring a good point in terms of what everybody said here so far. And I'll start with the point that Sam made in terms of fact-checking. Everybody and their dog has a smartphone. We can go out and Google it and, you know, verify what someone said in 0.2 seconds. And yeah, you're right, Sam. You, you brought the Carnegie Institute, which has done great work in terms of trying to move hockey culture forward and diversity. And now you've put their name through the mud. Now they have to respond to something that is not is not true. And for Eustace, it's just, it's disheartening as someone, as all of us, as many, as many of us who are black in hockey to see a black person with power and influence take the side or defend someone as a client like Mitchell Miller who abused a developmentally challenged black child. Like that is so disheartening that he would decide to take this on as the one of the few black agents in professional hockey and again, his name is now going to be brought through the mud. And again, we talk about being black in hockey, the chances you get as a black person in hockey, as a player, an agent, a media member, it isn't the same as colleagues who are, who are white. So that is something that I was just so disappointed by. And I hope things change. I hope he sees the error of his ways in doing this because, and again, no one's canceling. There's no, cancel culture is not a thing. I guarantee you someone somewhere down the line, maybe it's not NHL, but some other league will try again with Mitchell Miller in a few months or a year or two. But it's like, it's so disheartening. And this kind of, and this stance to try and rehabilitate someone who was abusive to a black person who said the N word, who said, go pick cotton. It's like, what are you doing here? Like, those are words, those are, those are words many of us have faced in working in hockey. Those are, it's, I just very disappointing and very upsetting.
Yeah. You're representing someone who, again, not, not only did those things, but to our knowledge to this day, hasn't genuinely and meaningfully apologized and addressed it. And yeah, and Avery, you brought up like you brought up a point that I didn't even think about is that, yeah, Eustace King is one of like the only black. Is the only black, only black agent, black, only black agent. Unless there's some and other name, I'm not. There are a couple yeah. more. There are a few more. Yeah. Croc, you are black. You are black agent. Yeah. There are a couple more. But it's unfortunate okay. that he's mm -hmm. always going to be linked to this now. Yeah, always. It doesn't yeah. matter if he's soft representing Mitchell Miller. He will always be. Weren't you the? Oh. Hockey, You're hockey doesn't, who, who hockey doesn't have Miller. enough. Hockey has an uh, has a diversity issue. Hockey has an inclusion issue, and it's everyone else's fault. Weren't you the agent that defended the player that like? And this is the thing in which you wouldn't see as attached ever, ever a uh, man to say uh, Jerry uh, Jerry Meehan or Pat Brisson. It's going to be attached to to Yusuf because he is the the most prominent black agent in hockey. He is exactly what oh, the man. league or the sport needs more of. Yeah. And at the same time is played a role in trying to help someone who was racist against a black developmentally challenged teenager. And again, like for people, it's the most think, disappointing. It's the most disappointing part about this for me. Yeah. For people who think that we're just like, Oh, just zone, you know, zone time is just taking an opportunity, taking a shot at, at people. Like we, we don't, especially when it comes to like the, the racialized people in, in, in the sport, it sucks. I, I hate having to, I hate having, having to talk about what, what took place with, with Evander Kane. I hate that Evander Kane is not a part of the hockey diversity Alliance anymore, at least to my knowledge. All, all of those in, but those, those many, those many victories that we have, like Quinton Byfield being like the, being the, the highest drafted black player, Mike Greer being the first black NHL GM, like, Mm -hmm. Those are the stories that we want to focus on when it comes to when it comes to diversity and inclusion in, in hockey and, and not this man, not, not this. It's just, again, like, when are we going to have a freaking moment's peace? That, that's the question I have. I don't know. Not anytime um, soon. No, the, I'll, I'll say this before we transition over to other topics. The only other thing I'll say is, is that because of the fact that we're able to point out stuff like this and how wrong it is and we're not just on this we're not the only people doing that uh, and and while yes to sam's point uh the responses from players could have been a little bit more direct and it was still very you know below the or around the bar and the bar is very low this is still a reaction that's still wildly more encouraging than maybe for some other similar story that i've ever seen Mm -hmm. uh, and again, we, we've addressed it with hockey culture being broken. Uh, stuff like this is going to happen and you're gonna, probably going to have to endure more of this type of crap before the game gets better. The culture gets better. At least that's how I'm choosing to see it. But there is, this was a very frustrating story. We obviously went through probably the most disappointing part of it for myself. And I think Omar and Avery and maybe even Sam too might feel that way too. Um, but um we have no choice but to move on and, yeah. you know, just hope for the best. And again, as we've done on so many of these episodes, uh, we have to do the awkward pivot and, and talk about other NHL I think topics. Like eighty percent of our episodes have been have have needed an awkward pivot. Yeah, it, it, I yeah. mean, 
we should I could probably go through the numbers myself and see, but there's there's probably more episodes that I would like where we have mm. to, you know, do the very serious thing and discuss a topic very well. I think that's like it's one of the best segments we've done in, in the history of the show. And then we have to pivot to talk about, hey, why do the Ottawa Senators suck <laughs> when they were supposed to be good? Like they're trying to sell the team. See, look, like, <laughs> yeah, look, look. Look, look, I get it. I, if we could just do a whole episode, look, if we could just end on what Omar said, that'd be great. Or, you know, if we could talk about funny crap, you, the, nothing makes me nothing makes me laugh more than see Gobar go off on something that, like, I don't know, the leaf's, like, burning or whatever. I don't care. Like, I want I more of that thing. I wasn't on last week's episode. Ooh, oh, man. Now we talked about you that. On, oh, we did. We did. If you were on last week's episode, Ooh. oh, my God. Arun, Arun, by the way, shout out to Arun Srinivasan. Yeah. Uh now part of the group of the group chat, by the way, just inside <laughs> baseball for everybody. He has, he, he's basically replacing uh, Justin Cuthbert now. He, he's taking his vacant seat. Um, but anyway, the Senators, they suck. Senators They're supposed bad. to be good. <laughs> Senators are bad. They're, to, they're not. They're last place in the Atlantic Division. Everyone's going to be like, man, the Canadians are going to be there. No, it's not. It's them. They're there. Josh Norris is out for a considerable amount of time doesn't look as if he'll need uh, shoulder surgery he'll be reevaluated in january and people are wondering if dj smith should be on the uh should be uh fired actually uh i don't know if you guys want to tackle this there's a quote i want to find from pierre dorian about dj smith and his uh and and about his about his head coach because i don't know to me when i heard this quote from pierre dorian like it was very like he used to, he used his name in the first person. Like that's Ooh. how wild the quote is. Mm. That's how wild the quote. Like he said, like Pierre Dorian is a loyal person. Here's the here's the quote from you, Mendez. Yeah. Pierre, this is what this is what he said when he was asked about DJ Smith, about all the work that he's done behind the bench. This is Pierre Dorian saying this. Pierre Dorian is very loyal. I think DJ has done a good job. He's shown that he can win. DJ is our coach. He's going to be our coach. Again, when I when the first line says Pierre Dorian is very loyal, that's not someone saying that. Pierre Dorian referred to himself in the first person and said that. Is he the is he the rock? Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say <laughs> that no. I mean that's that's kind of weird. <laughs> Can I just say that before I before I let everyone get into this? I'll, like some people will say, you know what, if the team gets worse and they lose more games, maybe Pierre Dorian will have no choice but to actually fire DJ Smith and go mm-hmm. back on his word. You see how we all laughed at that quote? If he, if he fires DJ Smith, dude will be memed until eternity for going back on that and also saying in the first person how loyal he is. It might not be on the same wavelength as we're a team, but that's just going to be another another quote or meme attached to Pierre Dorian. And I think I'm, that matters. I mean, like Canadian teams are like, like, didn't Kenny, didn't uh, your boy Kenny Holland Avery do that last year? Saying like, oh, oh well, God. you know, we've been, we've been firing too many coaches. So we're not going to do it. And then they fired him. So mm. like, I don't know, man. I feel like, but that's an, Ottawa thing. That's an Ottawa thing too. I, I could have <laughs> sworn Dorian did it to, to Guy Boucher. I could have sworn, he I, I could have sworn he did it to Guy Boucher. It said, it said that they this. had confidence in him and then they fired him. I Hold on. I need, I need to find this. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure Dorian did the same thing. Yeah, he said he voiced confidence in Guy Boucher, and then they fired him. And then they had an interim for the rest of the season, and then they hired DJ Smith over the offseason when he left the Leafs. 
I'm like, I'm so okay. Yeah, yeah. Some, some of those I just jump don't in. I'm understand so, how so Dorian's been GM for so long. Yeah, <laughs> a great question. Dorian's <laughs> been GM since what, like twenty, like the 2017, 18 season, I think. Oh my god, something like that it has to be right. He's been around there like quite a bit of time, huh? Yeah. I mean, gosh. Yeah, he he. Uh, 2016, I think. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's been it's been a while. But like it's it's weird because like when you when you look at the stats, right? And you know, I know a lot of people don't like don't like uh, the fancy stats, but you know, I, I like when when teams are bad, especially in the beginning of the season. I like I like looking at fancy stats because it always it puts things in perspective. Like there's mm-hmm. one year where like everyone's saying like, oh, Winnipeg is so bad, but like but they're winning games. And then I looked, and when it, the Winnipeg Jets, I think it was like three years ago, were giving up like the most high danger chances. Connor Hellebuck just snapped. He's just like, no, I'm not, I'm not allowing anything. So when I'm looking, so when I'm looking at, at, at Ottawa, it's like, they're not that bad. Like, like they don't give, they don't give up too many high danger chances. Like they have a, they have an even goal differential. So it's like, I don't know. It's, it's very, it's very interesting to, to it's very interesting to, to kind of think about like, why and yeah they 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 are not they're not like unlucky or anything like their PDO is, is is pretty good pretty good as well. You know what I think? You know what I think it is? What? I think and this is my opinion. I think that the hockey gods said, "Hey, Ottawa. Have you met my friend Karma?" What? Because listen, hold on. Just l- 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 let me let me do this, okay? Okay. Because a certain thing happened over the off season which is huge for Ottawa, right? The Alex DeBrincat trade, right? Rob, Rob Chicago was a whole horrible trade. And as soon as that happened, every Ottawa Senators fan, I shouldn't say all of them, I'd say maybe like 85% decided to pick up a device, whether it was a phone, a tablet, a Mac, and started tweeting, hey, Leafs fans, we're coming for you. Oh, these fans! I was waiting you. for you to make this about the Leafs. <laughs> I swear to God! I swear to God! Listen, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying it's is, not about the Leafs. Walk before you can run, okay? Walk before you can run. You know, Omar, don't do this. Hey, Omar. Um, no, and yes. <laughs> yes. Who is your pick to win the cup this year? <laughs> Yo, can we have that like they like, permanently deleted? Like as soon as, soon as I said that, yeah. As soon as, as I said that, they had like some moments, and then just, just like the walls let's just cut in things. his prediction after a walk before you run. <laughs> walk before you run, that's yo. That's so you true. for the tail be that? That's oh my gosh, that's Ooh. so. Ju- but like, but like, Ooh. yeah, man. I mean, like, do you, do you chalk it up to goaltending? Like, because the the team in front, I don't think they're being horrible. Granted, the blue line does have some tough things like here or there. And, you know, they saw Nikita Zaitsev. Don't know how we got out of that, that contract, but like, it could just be like the perfect storm or maybe they're just not ready yet. You know, it's still a new team. There are a lot of moving pieces. There's still people still trying to figure things out. Right. I think one. I think one of the things that they really, that they really thought was going to help them this year was the power play. And I don't think the power play has been like a crazy difference maker for them. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a waiting game. Also, too, Maybe. they brought in Cam Talbot net, and he's played two games because he's injured. So that's really hurt them as well, too. But up, up, but up, up. Um. So, uh, DJ Smith should he be fired? Yes or no? Uh, I, I mean, say no. 
no. Here's my fear. And I'm sorry, I have to make about the Leafs again. Here's my fear. Is that they fire DJ Smith and then they hire Barry Trotz. What? I would pass out if that happened. What? I hope, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that doesn't happen. But that, that's my Yo. fear. Because like if you fire DJ, DJ Smith, then then who's then who else is out there? Are you like it would it would be it would make no sense if they fired DJ Smith and they're not like calling Barry Trotz's phone like over and over again. And I don't know, I don't know if he's like if he's taking the full year off or just a half year off, but like you have to have someone pretty decent to like replace them in. So it's just like but and also DJ Smith, like he has he has good morale with, with the with the players, you know, he's a player's he coach, does. like they they play for mm-hmm. him, right? And even though like yeah, the team isn't have, having isn't you know playing that well. I think like players like Brady, you know, Brady Kachuk is having a pretty good season. I think he has like what like four or five four four or five goals right now. And that's you know, so if he can turn into a 30 goal guy, I don't know, maybe maybe it's just a rough patch. Maybe they turn it around and they win the cup. Whoa, whoa, whoa. you're not allowed to switch your cup prediction. I'm not switching it. I'm just saying the inevitable truth because because I chirped them. People are going to isolate that one clip and be like, oh, yeah, see that? Went around. You, you bum. You suck. Freaking stupid Leafs fan. You know who would be amazing? You know the yeah. amazing? Cup final. It's Ottawa and a Western Conference team. Let's just say it's Vegas in the cup final this year. Ottawa, Vegas. Wow. And the CN Tower is lit up in Senators red, white, and black. Oh man, that'd be an interesting battle because uh, Mark Stone, right? That'd be if so Robin funny. Lin- and if Robin Leonard is healthy enough too, yeah, that's yeah. a that's a pretty interesting battle. Vegas versus yeah. Ottawa for for who? Interesting oh, battle. Oh, for, for the rest of us. Oh, yeah, rest yeah, of yeah, us, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we don't give a damn about you at this point. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's cool. Omar, you know, I have a question. Yes, I have a question. Sure. If the Ottawa Senators were to make the Stanley Cup final, would you cheer for them? <laughs> no. Listen, I hate that stance. No, I knew. I foot, knew you were gonna say that. If the, if the shoe was on the other foot, they wouldn't cheer for us. And that's a stone cold fact. That's a stone oh, that's cold Steve Austin three sixteen fact. No, no. If the Leafs made the final, it's only Leafs fans cheering for the Leafs. That's it. it it's we even need a, Why do we need Canada's team? It's just a stupid concept. Right. We can go back to our previous uh, our episode. Yeah. I think from like a year or two ago about that. I mean, the greatest example that of a uh, you know, a, a greatest example that never happening is what Omar suggested: a Toronto Calgary Cup final. Edmontonians would demand a meteorite to hit them if they ever happened. <laughs> they would demand the asteroid to come. <laughs> Tell you what, as a as a Calgarian of almost two months, I have no problem with that finals matchup. I'd get to hang out with Omar the whole time, pretty much. Um, speaking of uh, Edmonton, uh, how's Jack Campbell doing, Avery? Oh, and it it's rough right now. It is a it sure is. It's a tough. It's a tough start. He's got a sub sub nine hundred um, save percentage. The goals against average is Cheech and Chong level numbers. Like <laughs> it's, 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 for those who are not aware, his GAA is four twenty. <laughs> hey, he's not wrong when he says that. No, fun fact: Tommy Chong's Edmontonian. I did not know, know that. Yes. I did not know that. Did you guys read that uh, that hockey writers article that was trying to suggest that uh, maybe the Leafs should get him back? I'm good. We're good. Listen, you don't watch. We, we have we, back? we have we have enough goaltending freaking theatrics going on 
But like, have oh, sawed off, sawed IR. Yeah, you know what, Julian? I was having a good day. I was having. A, I was having. A I don't feel like any Canadian goaltender is really having a great start. Yeah, Thatcher. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Connor Hellbuck. Markstrom. Oh, yeah, I was Markstrom. Gonna... Markstrom's Flames picking it haven't... up. Yeah. Mm. He's picking yeah. it up, but also the team in front of him is not playing that well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to confess, I haven't paid attention to Winnipeg at all, so I don't know about Halbuck, but Thatcher Demko does not look like Thatcher Demko. Sorry to people from Winnipeg and even Ottawa, too. I feel like sometimes we could we should pay attention to them a little bit more on this show. We'll get to them one day. Anyway. Anyway. Um, no, but back, <laughs> back to Campbell. Um, yeah, not today. It's just, it's just, <laughs> not, today. not today. We already um, talked about Ottawa. <laughs> but, like, it's it's remembering Campbell on the lease last year, like seeing those quotes, it's just like, it, it's the same thing when it comes to him. A, a lot of it is just his confidence and he's, he's so hard on himself. And I think, yes. and the contract that he has makes it worse. Like last year he was just, you know, making like one point, whatever he was the backup turned, turned starter at least, or turned starter to an extent, but even though it was still supposed to be like a 10 situation, but like now he signed to a big contract brought into Edmonton to be the person and he's not making the saves and the coach is playing like the kid in front of him on like hockey night in Canada and stuff. Now, granted, well-deserved. He's not, he's not been playing well, but like, it's no, it's just not, he, his needs, he just needs to find his mojo. He just needs to find, find it. But it just sucks because Edmonton's at a, at a point now where like the best players look even better somehow I don't know freaking how, man. Freaking video game looking ass Connor McDavid so freaking sick. But like, <laughs> but like he he just he needs he just needs some time. And I wouldn't be surprised if it continues if he takes like a break. If they like they give they give Stuart Skinner like like the um, like the net and then they call someone else up and just give him like some time to just like reset recharge somewhere because right now and especially again in a market like Edmonton where where hey man like if you're scoring a whole bunch of goals and and they're 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 still going in. And me, David, and Drysidle, and you know the rest that can only do so much. Like he, he has to figure it out. And it's either do we try to get it to work with the person we literally brought in to do that job, or do we rely on the kid that a lot of that some people, Avery included, were saying, hey, just give him the net anyway. So they yep. need to find they need to find some 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 way to recti- rectify this. Yeah, they're gonna have to though. But Stuart Skinner, he is someone who he he's proven that you know what he can be the goalie of the future if that is the franchise decision. He's come in now in the in the uh, eight games he's in the um, eight games he's played. He's got a uh, sorry five games he's played two two point one zero goals against average, and he's looked good in what in what he's played. You know, he's a bigger goaltender. He's battled he's battled against high danger chances in a game again in a game against Calgary. There were a lot of high danger chances the Flames got, and Skinner stood strong to the challenge. And watching him, watching his play develop in in junior, in AHL, Bakersfield, Condor, and seeing him now, like, his development as an NHL goaltender is beyond impressive. But right now, you know, it's only, it's early, it's early November. Am I hitting the panic button right now on year one of the five-year deal in year one of, in November? No, but I do agree that something has to change. It can't continue the way it's going down this road because Ken Hall and the company, did bring in Jack Campbell to be the number one guy. They didn't bring Jack Campbell in to lose his job to Stuart Skinner, who I still like. Yeah, and he's not he's not making freaking give Stuart Skinner the net money. Like, 
you gotta, you have to make it work. Either that or you gotta move them. Yeah, good, 25 million, uh, $25 million contract for five years. Yeah, good luck if that guy's not playing all that well. That's okay, you Julian. Did you not out. know that one time with the Detroit, Detroit Red Wings, they needed to get rid of a goalie too? That was making, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I made that up. That, that's what Ken Holland does. Like, oh, one time with Detroit. <laughs> guys what if what if kendrick holland listens to this show one day there's no shot i hope i hope he does i hope he does i hope i hope ken holland does like an amazing trade and says you know what you know what i was going to reference something that i did when i was the gm of of detroit because you know i was the gm of detroit but i watched i watched and listened to the show called zone time my perspective changed and i i learned to my core, how to be a better GM. So because of that, I'm going to trade Connor McDavid to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a seven-round pick. Woo! Avery, how much do I have to pay you for you to? How are you going to pay for him? This I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going to do that. <laughs> I owe you. Put him on. Put him on layaway. I don't know. Put him on layaway. <laughs> hey, in installments. <laughs> yeah, until like tw- until the year 2099 <laughs> deferred payment he's he's the he's talking he's talking he's talking bombonia yeah paid until, oh, yeah 2099 yes. <laughs> uh avery how much do we have to pay you to for you to send a youtube link of this show to ken holland oh that <laughs> <laughs> not that much i wow that would be very funny if you don't have his phone number would, I do not know. I do not have the phone number of Just Warren. burn it. Burn it on a DVD and slide it underneath his, his office. You probably have the <laughs> DVD player. <laughs> Yo, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not that tight with Ken Jamarcus Holland. That's Jamarcus. not his name. That's not, there's no <laughs> way. I was like, there's no, <laughs> I was like, there's no shot. That's his middle name. There's no way. There's no shot. <laughs> All right, Keyshawn. Uh, oh, no, no. I thought I was Wally when I called him Kendrick Holland. That's actually plausible. <laughs> Kendrick Holland. Kendrick Holland is actually a plausible name. Anyway, uh, I think we've done enough damage. Uh, great job this week. Uh, we've turned what was a heavy start into the normal hilarity you've come to expect and love on uh, Zone Time. Uh, Omar, Avery, Sam, thank you as always for Can joining I put me. In? I'm so sorry. Go I, ahead. I just have fine. one request because mm, I know yes. it's going to happen because Sam keeps talking about it. If we yes. are going to release the least are going to make it to the Stanley Cup final clip, can it start with a clip of like Sam saying like, yeah, I agree with Omar. And then it just has that. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then just the reality of like another, like round one, round one exit or something. That'd be hilarious. Sam, I don't know if you want to agree with that because you're getting lumped into this. (laughs) I mean, I think it's funny. Yeah. (laughs) I think what I would just do is I just go back and clip like the entire five minutes around, around the original (laughs) prediction. Yeah, that'd be funny. Omar, why would you say something so brave? Because Julian, I was I was overcome and swept by the passion. And then, uh, for those who aren't aware, the passion is uh, the 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 fuel that that rejuvenates Leafs fans. Um, Stop your shite! It's a crusty VHS tape from the '90s. That's what the passion is. And you did That's literally what it is. Listen, okay. <laughs> Listen, I. I need to believe in something and damn it. And they don't do anything this year. <laughs> then I don't know what, I don't know what to believe in. 
you you see, you look like that. You you acted like that one meme where that one guy is all sad and despondent. Yeah, like wrestling is real to me. Damn it, that's what you look like right now. <laughs> Referencing a VHS with Wayne Gretzky in the in the conference final. Son, the Leafs in Game Seven. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> oh, tell it. That that Omar, that, were you even you... alive when Kerry <laughs> Frazier disrespected y'all? I was, but listen to me, okay? And people keep saying this all the time, so I'm going to set the record straight. It wouldn't matter. Freaking Montreal would have killed us. Like, I, I keep saying that all the time. Montreal would have murdered us. You don't not watch Patrick Waugh, man. Come yeah, on. I was on one that year. Oh, my God. There's no way we would have won that. Yes, it would have been cool, but come on. Stop it. Yes, for sure. Whatever. Freaking high stick, whatever. It wouldn't have changed anything. God, that, that, that and the... We have more cups than you take from these fans always bothers me. We don't. We haven't won a cup since freaking colored, colored freaking printing. God. I don't know where you're going with colored. I was like, whoa. whoa, whoa. I was like, whoa. Oh, God. No, like printing. I was about to be like, it was like 1967. That's, that's, that's a precarious time. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. uh, we had to get those jokes off before we ended the show. Uh, again, for Omar, Avery, Sam, I'm Julian Singh. So long. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Zone Time. <laughs>Deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.